What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fenster, and along with my dudes, Matt Sells and Ryan Helm, and this is another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com, your weekly spectacular that it is. Let's get going. We've got NFL playoffs. We're dominating. We're going to tell you how else you can dominate besides the whole fantasy football and playoff leagues that you're in right now, and of course, wagering that you can catch at wageralarm.com. But first, let's say hi to the guys. Fellas, what's up? Hallam? How you doing, dude? Uh, you know, I've been better. Sometimes I get a little animated in my short time on the family times, and, and one of those was last week where I kind of went at Matt a little bit about the, the Steelers and the Browns, and I pretty much told him that the Browns had not a shot in hell uh, and, and was quite quite uh, forward about it, and then the Steelers got smacked in the mouth. So I, I at least have to be, you know, big enough to come out and say when I'm wrong, uh, and I was very wrong, despite they put a decent uh, showing up in the in the you know, second half. But, uh, Matt, your superior knowledge, uh, you called that one. Nice job. Thank you, but I do I, – I can't take full credit because the Browns got really lucky on the first, like, three plays of that game when the, Brown, sure. when the Steelers – like, I don't know where that snap was going. It was nine feet tall. I mean, yeah. I know we call him Big Ben, but he ain't that big. Um and then, so, an immediate touchdown was ridiculous, and then, obviously, like, the second throw of the game was a pick, and not a great one, so, they definitely got a big-time jump, and I think they carried the momentum pretty well, um, but now, I do have to say, I am kind of concerned for the Chiefs this weekend. Really? I am wow. kind of concerned. Wow! Well, let's face it, what's the weakness of the Chiefs' defense? Their rush defense, right? They don't really stop people. What do the Browns do really, really well? They run. They run, right? Uh, so that's going to be a problem. Is it also a revenge game? Yes, it is. Kareem Hunt revenge game narrative is on full display. What happened the last time Baker Mayfield and Patty Mahomes were on a football field together? Oklahoma and Texas Tech was ridiculous. It was a basketball score, people. It was like literally 66-59. Right, the two of them combined for something like twelve hundred and fifty yards passing and twelve touchdowns. Okay, clearly it's Big Twelve defenses uh, in college, but it's not like the defenses they're playing with right now are all that great either. I mean, Big Ben basically had his way with the Brown secondary in that second half. He put up five hundred yards passing and four touchdowns because it was a necessity, but. Still a lot of yards. So I think it could be really interesting in Kansas City this weekend. Dang, are you putting it out there? Are the Browns going to do it? I don't, I can't in good faith call the Browns to win this one. But I, if I'm Kansas City, I'm not looking past the Browns to, you know, like let's say Buffalo, right? You got to take the Browns pretty seriously at this point because they, they're probably going to get a bunch of defensive players back too off the COVID list. A couple of starting cornerbacks. Um, their head coach probably gets back. So it could be interesting. That's what I'm going to leave it as. Ryan, you write NFL previews for the site here. Is what he's saying crazy, or should we be giving a little bit more of a look to Cleveland in this game? Uh, I'm going to continue uh, my my rant from last week and say crazy. Uh, I, 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 I hear you. Uh, you know, I, I said last week that the Brown secondary was the reason I didn't think they were going to win. 
I don't know that they're going to get several gifts from the Chiefs that they got from the Steelers. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I would be I would be very shocked if the Chiefs' offense didn't outperform the Steelers, uh, and without a couple really good plays, I think there also was was part of it was the division rivalry. Part and we don't want to stick it up the Steelers' ass. I, I think certainly you know came into play somewhat, which they won't have this week in Kansas City. Uh, but also, as much as I hate them coming off the Super Bowl champions in their own building, uh, I, I think this. Uh, the Chiefs are going to cover the spread. No, the- I, I, what do you think? Ten point spread sells. The problem with covering a ten point spread with a team that runs the ball as well as the Browns is they can just whittle the clock down and get a backdoor cover. That's right. Right. Like yeah. we almost saw the Bears, who didn't do crap, almost covered that ten point spread. Right. If that two point conversion happens late, you know, the very last play of the game or whatever it was. They cover the 10-point spread, and the Bears managed to put up 140 total yards of offense. So the spread, I'd probably take the Browns to cover. I'm not calling a Browns victory in any way. I'm just saying if you're the Chiefs, you've got to be concerned. Because also, if you kind of look at Kansas City's offense, they don't run. They haven't run the ball very well down the stretch. That like, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been great, obviously, uh CEH has been injured, so we can't, you know, say he hasn't because he's been injured. But it's kind of intriguing, kind of intriguing for sure. I also think the revenge game narrative is a little icky. Uh, Kareem Hunt was cut off the team. After yes, I'm not saying he was released for having a having a video lying yes. to the team and several other. Uh, so maybe it's the Chiefs are getting revenge against Kareem Hunt this weekend. It's possible. I never, yeah, you know, you could have the opposite of a revenge game narrative going the other way. I'm not saying he was cut without cause. There was certainly very good reason to cut him. And I was shocked that he got picked up quite as quickly as he did. But it's certainly an interesting, is it as interesting as watching slime in the end zone though, guys? Oh God, I hated that. (laughs) Dude, I'm a Nickelodeon dude through and through, man. I got slimed. I put the picture up on these words. I got slimed. At Universal Studios and Nickelodeon in 2003. It was awesome, man. And I love that Nickelodeon. You know what? It's awesome because with the way it was, it keeps your kids engaged. Imagine. I mean, Cells, did it work for you? I mean, you have younger kids. Ryan, you have older kids. I don't have kids at all. Did it work for you? Did you try watching the game on Nickelodeon? So I would have loved to, but we don't actually have cable. We stream everything. Or oh, use that's the, the problem. The, um... You know, the rabbit ears. So we watched it on CBS, but I know Drew, uh, Drew Phelps, our PGA guy, he has a young son about the same age as my youngest daughter. It wasn't his son sells. It was him. He he enjoyed it too, but they watched it on Nickelodeon and said they enjoyed it. And let's face it, A, that was the most watched game of the weekend, according to the ratings that I saw come out. And... More than two or two and a half million people watched it on Nickelodeon. So it was kind of a success. Uh, now, playing off of that, I hear rumors that the Saints and the Bucks game is going to be aired on History Channel <laughs> because of the 85 combined years of age between Drew Brees and Tom Brady. He's, he's going to be here all week, folks. <laughs> so, tip, yeah. Tip your bartenders. It's the oldest matchup between two starting quarterbacks in NFL playoff history. I, I, not, I, I'm going to continue the old man motif, and I watched Nickelodeon for about three minutes before I turned it off. 
I, I understand what they were trying to do. Uh, the, the commentary, I, I couldn't take it. It was like, oh, tell me about Taysom Hill. Oh, he's the guy at recess that could just do everything. Like, first of all, <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible analysis. Second of all, come on. You got to you got to I think you have to try to at least act like everyone this isn't the first football game they ever watched, which I thought was is where they missed it a little bit. And when they put a picture of Taysom Hill and Drew Brees next to a picture of SpongeBob and Patrick, that was where I that I, I cut it then. So, you know, I tweeted it. I know I said I was an old man. I know I am. I couldn't swallow it. You know, and I will say this as someone who actually used to work for Nickelodeon as well. You know, what kids want and what they've wanted for the last 15, 20 years is they don't want to be treated like babies. They don't want to be treated like kids. They want to be spoken to on the same level as you, essentially. That's how you get through to them. And that's something that Nickelodeon has tried to do with, especially the kids pick the president that they do. Very interactive every four years. But with this situation, look, I'm all about it because if someone loves SpongeBob that much and you want to get them into the game and you add those SpongeBob graphic elements now with technology the way it is, I think that's an awesome way to build that bridge to get more eyes on it. And clearly it worked. I'll say the one funny thing. I don't know if you guys know SpongeBob too well, but when someone was down the end for the injury, they played the sound effect of from SpongeBob. My leg, my oh, leg. <laughs> <laughs> the ouch my leg guy yes they played i'm like that's kind of wrong you know the dudes are a little bit you just hear you don't hear the oh he he seems to be hurt he's not getting up you just hear my leg my leg <laughs> so maybe i'm just a little too old to be in the 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 demographic and i when i was a kid i was like matt we didn't even have cable we lived in some dead-end dirt-ass road that cable wouldn't even come down so it wasn't until like we got one of those like big satellite dishes that like the government has when I was like 15, that was when I could finally get stuff on cable. So uh, maybe, maybe if I was more of a Nickelodeon watcher, it would have, you know, brought the nostalgia for me. So maybe uh, I'm just a little too far out of range. I'm I'm all for trying new stuff. It just didn't work for me. You know, personally, that was my opinion. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not supposed to be for you. That's the thing. So I'm a fun person. I I like you are a fun person. What I think should happen though, is I think, some other sports leagues should look at doing something like this. I'm not saying like slime every, like if baseball went on, I'm not saying like slime every time a home run gets hit or whatever, but let's face it. The NFL doesn't necessarily need the, the eyes of kids on it. It's already the number one sport in the, you know, in the country. Kids are already signing up to play uh, football and they stick with it and whatnot. And other sports, like specifically baseball, certainly hockey, which is, you know, pretty expensive, and that prices some people out. But, you know, baseball definitely needs more of a kid's kid's Agreed. attention span on it. And so if you put some, you know, kid broadcasters on there, you do some fun effects or whatnot, I think that could actually help MLB's image too. So I'm all for trying new things. Um not saying we have to slime everybody that hits a home run because you'd run out of slime pretty quick. That's true. That's very true. Let's look at some of these other games, guys, that we have for the divisional round for the NFL playoffs. You guys giving the Rams any shot in this? Because I'm sure as hell not. The spread right now, six and a half between now Cooper Cup's injury. We don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback between the two. I mean, you guys giving the Rams anything at all? I will tell you this. In one-and-done leagues, I was talking to Adam Ronis about this earlier. Seems like a great week for Cam Akers, I'll say that much. Yeah, because the Packers can't stop the run. The other 
key injury is what Aaron Donald actually did to himself while trying to sack Russell Wilson. Um, Cause that's a big hole in the middle of that line. Obviously he's a two time defensive player of the year. So I'm um, reading reports that he's going to play. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it looked like he tried to go after it happened and they felt like the game was probably going well enough that they didn't need him uh, to come back. But the Cooper cup thing is certainly uh, pretty iffy. Um, I don't know, man, the, the Packers look pretty dialed in and their defensive late has actually been pretty good. Um, still not very good run defense, but pretty decent pass defense. And now you're facing, you know, God only knows who at quarterback for the Rams. I'm not even sure it matters because right now you can make the argument that you might in fact take John Wolford over Jared Goff, um, just for the chance he gives you in extending plays. Right. I, I, you know, I don't give them much of a chance, but the only reason I do give them some of a chance is the defense. Uh, it's just been, you know, mauling over the past like four to six weeks, uh, and they've they've stopped some pretty good offenses along the way. Uh, so I still believe that the the Packers are going to come out ahead. Uh, I do believe Jared Goff is going to play. I don't know why he didn't play the first game if he was able to play like he played. Um, but I, I'd be surprised if the Rams won. But that defense and that secondary, we'll see. Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams to me is the matchup of the weekend. If, if Adams can do anything, then I, then the Rams have no chance. So it, it pretty much to me comes down to Jalen Ramsey uh, is, is going to go as far as the, the Rams can go because the rest of the, I mean, they have three great corners, but the other there's not another decent receiver on the Packers. So it's all on Ramsey for me. Let me ask you guys this: with regards to playoff strategy for one and duns, based off what you just said, Hallam. If I didn't, well, I obviously didn't play Devontae Adams yet because he had the bye. But is it maybe smart to not play Devontae Adams this round and try to float him to the NFC Championship? Uh, I, I Personally, I, I don't think there's anyone that could stop Devontae Adams. Uh, okay. I, I think he's that good. I also think that, like I just said, there's, there's no one else. Uh, so I think he's still going to see double-digit targets regardless it's just you know he's the guy so uh i, I think he's all, all, almost a decent contrarian pick this week because i think a lot of people are going to see the matchup with ramsey and kind of shy away from it and maybe i'm wrong i don't know ramsey's been shutting down people all year long there's a very few guys who who beat him well this year uh but it just doesn't seem to be any adams just seems to be on his own planet yeah i mean didn't he have what 18 touchdowns this year and he missed two games due to injury yeah right like, that's insane. Over the last 16 actual games played, he's had, like, 22 touchdowns, which is just nuts. Now, we did see Ramsey annoy the bejesus out of DK Metcalf last week to the point that Metcalf threw, like, four different tantrums on the sideline. Mm. Um, but Devontae Adams, like, Metcalf is a physical guy. Devontae Adams just beats you with his footwork. Yep. So, you know, you can make yourself come open – if you run great footwork, even against a good cover corner. Um, but yeah, I agree with Ryan. That's completely the, the matchup of the weekend to watch for sure. Um, but I think that um, the Packers offensive scheme is good enough to kind of work some other guys open and use some more guys, you know, tight ends, um, use some backs out of the backfield to, you know, make Devontae Adams come open later in the game. Right. Well, we'll have to see. Right now, like I said, a 45.5 total in Vegas, 6.5-point Packers spread for the favorites. What, something else, guys, that I'm going to be watching out for 
is in this Baltimore-Buffalo game, I am very much going to be keeping an eye on Josh Allen's rushing yards props. Now, I've spoken to both of you about props. I don't really do a lot of rushing yards props, but with Zach Moss out of the way, I don't fully believe in Singletary or Devonta Freeman, who they signed the practice squad. I almost feel like Jared Goff, or Jared Goff, Josh Allen is going to be in a situation where in two plays, well, I don't know what the number is going to be, but let's just say it's 30-something just out of thin air. I think he can eclipse that. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's the hottest man in football, and I mean, looking because that would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, <laughs> but he is the he's the hottest player in the NFL. I I think he's just I, I don't know. He, he's probably not gonna be the the MVP. That'll probably go to Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, between his feet and his arm, I mean, his confidence has just got to be at three hundred percent right now. Uh, Baltimore's got a good secondary, but I, I think the Bills are going to come away with this one, and I think it's going to be Allen and Diggs the way it's been. I mean, they ha- you know they have several other options. Uh, I know John Brown didn't have any catches last week, but he's still very good. Uh, and, and you know Cole Beasley's really banged up, but he's toughing it out. Gabriel Davis has, has you know been better than expected, and, and even the tight end Knox is catching some touchdowns. I think the the Rams are going to have their hands full with the Bills, and I, I agree with you. I think. Uh, you're going to see uh, a lot of Allen running as well because I'm with you on Singletary. He's all right, uh, but he's nothing. Nothing to write home about. Yeah, I would I would concur. I think this is a pretty tough matchup for the Ravens. And as the commentator in the Bills game said last weekend, uh, as Josh Allen was being tackled, even on his knees, Josh Allen is a big dude. So <laughs> uh, it's pretty hard to tackle a dude who's like six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and forty five pounds. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big guy to try to take down. So, um, and Stephon Diggs is basically the leading receiver in the NFL this year based on receiving yards. Um, and he he went off again last week. They tried to contain him, and they still couldn't do it. So, um, and also, it kind of depends on the weather, because if we get some windy weather up in Buffalo, Lamar Jackson's passing game becomes a serious question mark. Yeah, And if you try to make Lamar Jackson beat you with his arm, they're a lot more human than when Lamar Jackson is rushing at, what, 100-and-something yards last week? 136, um, yeah. Yeah, and that, that run where he basically looked like, I don't care how many people are hanging off me, I'm going to take this in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the weather could be a serious thing for the for the Ravens. Yep. Guys, the only game we really haven't covered too, too much, do you guys have a read on the Tampa-New Orleans game that will be aired according to Matt Sells on the History Channel. So with that, Tampa are three-point dogs. Do you think Tampa will end up coming away with this? Right now, the big thing is surrounding this game. Ronald Jones, with that swollen quad, still undetermined whether or not he's going to play, if that even matters, because the Saints' run defense is still good anyway. So with that, guys, do you have a lean one way or the other? I think it's really hard to beat the same team three times in a season. So, you know, Tampa got swept by the Saints this year. Um, I think it's pretty hard to beat the same team three times in in the same year. Um, There's talk that Drew Brees is retiring after the year. I don't know if that's the case, but if it is, it'll add some extra mojo to him to try to make one last serious Super Bowl push. Um, Brady is signed for another year and has that core with him, if that makes a difference. But, I, I mean, 
the Saints are going to have to be in their A game to shut down that seemingly uh, one of the hottest offenses in the in the league right now in Tampa. That's kind of my read on it. Yeah, it's very close. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a field goal game or, or one that's decided in the last two minutes of the game. Two of the best uh, of our generation, certainly. Uh, I kind of lean slightly towards Brady. Obviously, his history in the postseason, and like Matt said, these uh, these receivers are just really, really hard to, to take down uh, for the entire game. I know Saints have Marshawn Lattimore, uh, who's a very good corner, but I, I have a feeling that Tampa Bay is probably going to eke this one out, but I, this is the one I have the least confidence uh, or the least, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. You know, I feel the most, feel the best about uh, of the weekend, but I'm leaning slightly towards Tampa Bay. Ryan leads towards Tampa Bay. I'm leaning towards Tampa as well. I think they're going to come away with it. More options. I'm feeling good about Tampa going to the NFC Championship to take on the Green Bay Packers. Guys, before we head out, as always, we end with a little cool down. That is the family table. We each bring something. It could be anything we want. We try to keep religion and politics out of it for 99% of the time. So with that, guys, and this goes back to something I wanted to say. And now that both of you are on this episode, especially, I wanted to get a chance to say it to both of you. And I meant to say this in our final episode before the end of the year. So it's a few weeks delayed, but I'll say this, you know, there's nothing like having good friends, but there's even more having good friends who your coworkers who will help you out whenever you're in a jam and whenever you need the NBA season, as you guys know, has been crazy. It's been treacherous. It has been changing on a whim's notice teams, full teams are out. Games are getting postponed. I had to change my weekly rankings eight times on Monday before submitting them. And I started them at 8 a.m. and didn't finish them until 2 p.m. So with that, you need good support to be able to switch over content. And with that comes great communication and two people that are amazing communicators to me and helping me through my craziness are my two co-hosts of the Family Times Podcast, Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells. Just wanted to tell you guys, I meant to tell you guys this a few weeks ago. I'm sure I've told you guys this drunk, sober, whatever, that both of you guys have been majorly helpful. You guys do a lot for the site when it comes to pushing out the content that we provide. And I just wanted to tell you guys that I'm bringing you to the family table because if I'm bringing anyone to my family because you guys are family, it's you two. And if I haven't told you enough, I appreciate what both of you do. You guys make my life a little bit easier, and I thank you both for that. Well, uh, thank you for the compliments, and uh, I guess I'll say you're welcome for helping you out. I don't know <laughs> if that's <laughs> appropriate that's or fine. not, but that's fine. Thanks for the thanks for the compliment. Um, I'm going to toss one out here that um, has kind of been bugging me over the last couple of weeks with you know the start of the NBA season and. You know, people are screenshotting again, screenshotting their winnings and whatnot. And let me just say this. Okay. Yes. Are there people that are winning thousands of dollars every night? Yeah, because they run those contests every night and somebody's going to win it every night. Just don't, you know, the laws of how the contest works. Somebody's got to win one. Um, we saw people win thousands of dollars over the NFL playoffs this past weekend. 
Okay, and then you go to people who are proud of the fact that they've doubled their money and they're playing small contests. So they enter 5, 10, 20 bucks and they come out winning, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks and they're like, hey, we're in the green. And then you see some comments and they're like, well, that's great, but where's the huge winnings? Like, you know, whatever, whoop-de-doo, it's 50 bucks. Well, let me put it this way. That's more money than they started with, right? Yep. And if you're so all over it, where's your screenshots, right? Like, yes. Do we want the people that hit the millie makers and we want to know what they do? Sure, but I'll tell you. They pay for 150 lineups. They throw anything against the wall that sticks. And they hit a lottery ticket. That's how you win those huge GPPs. Okay? That's how it happens. Can we respect the people that are putting in the grind and, you know, just building and managing their bankroll properly so that they can, hey, if you hit 50 bucks every night and you're only playing 10 or 20 bucks every night, by the end of the season, you're up a huge percentage. And it adds up. As opposed to, hey, I've hit 50 bucks, I'm going to go blow that 50 bucks the following night and try to win $1,000 because I want that big, glorious, instant gratification screenshot, and then I lose it, and then you're like, oh, now i got to go put more money in my bank so I can Where's go try Where's that to screenshot of you losing it? Let's go. Right. You have exactly. no problem tweeting when you win. Tweet when you lose. Let's see. Yeah, I have doing. tweeted. I have tweeted that. I try to be honest throughout the NASCAR season. Like, people will hit me up. Oh. Congrats, you you know, what you know, all screenshot small winnings. Okay, that's great. But you know what? I made it through most of last year without having to put money back in the bank because you follow a process, you do bankroll management, you don't blow all of it. And sure, is it awesome when you see people hitting thousands of bucks? Obviously it is, right? But let's not make fun of the people who are out here playing within their means, turning what they have into green and being happy about it. Let's just congratulate them for winning because that's how you build a process. That's how you're just being nice in the fantasy world. Yeah, nice in the fantasy world. Good luck with that. But Matt makes some (laughs) great points there. And that's the truth because, you know what, little victory is a victory no matter how big or how small because a lot of little victories. Green is good. Yes, green is good. Just like green is good. Green is good. Green is not Gordon Gecko over here. Hallam, take us home, baby. What do you got? Last thing uh, I'm going to say, my, my parents have been trying to clean out their house, apparently, and, and dropped off uh, a bunch of cards. Cool. Uh, I used to be a, a really huge card collector when I was uh, younger. Uh, so some some basketball, some baseball. I found some old gems. Uh, I, I was a big upper deck uh, buyer when Shaquille O'Neal was a rookie, and I came, and I have the entire set that year in a nice binder uh, with all the plastic. My wife used, is so. going to hate you. I am. Why? She's a huge Shaq fan, and she would kill for a Shaq rookie card. Oh, God, I probably have a bunch. I'll send her one. So, yeah, I'm going to try to get back into some collecting this year. I see it on, on the site. I saw Sean Mitchell bought a box the other day. Uh, so uh, I know John and Pemba's into it, too. So let's bring back the card collectors. Anyone following me as a big card collector, drop me some cool cards. And uh, I think it's, it's making a comeback. It's fun now that I actually have money to be able to do it. It's, it makes it even more fun. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah, I have a couple of baseball card sets. Uh, one from the year I was born, and then one from like 1954, which has some pretty awesome. Wow! wow. Pretty awesome cards in there. Yeah, no, um, I, I know. I've been, yeah, let me see. Oh, look, I do see that. So the end. 
I do yeah. see some draft. Oh, I see Christian Leitner up there. How? Oh yeah, that's definitely Leitner in like a starter jacket. Yep, Alonzo <laughs> Mourning. But you know what? It's good because you know what? It's just the nostalgia, and it's you know why we became sports fans. It's just fun, and that's okay. And trust me, plenty of people are doing it. I'm hearing. I mean, I do box breaks with friends. Hell, one day when I'm fortunate enough to have kids. We're going to do family box breaks, and I can't wait for that, and that's going to be awesome. So, Hallam, you put a smile on my face just like you do everyone else's. Again, at the Salesman for Matt Sells on Twitter, at Fighting Chance for Ryan Hallam on Twitter. I'm at Fence D Sports. We'll be back next week, maybe even with some more cards to display for all of you, but you can't see it because it's an audio podcast. Good luck in the divisional round. Good luck in your fantasy football playoff contest. And let's always dominate. No other option. Let's just win.